0: Hello and welcome to another episode of K-Botak, the podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas. This week, you might have seen her in the Lee Chang-dong movie that should have got Best Picture the year before Parasite. You might have been riveted by her in a 2020 thriller about a time telephone. It's the K-Botak special on Jun Jong-seo. I hope you've been enjoying these special episodes as I attempt to shed a bit more light on the fantastic careers of some, just a few, of the amazing actors uh, from South Korea. This week, Jun Jong-so, I will be giving a bit of an overview of this very recent uh, but very significant creative force in the uh, acting community in South Korea and beyond, in fact, and uh, talking about a few of her recent projects, including Bargain, Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon, Nothing Serious, and, of course, Money Heist Korea. Jin Jong-so, otherwise known as Rachel Jin, was born in 1994 in Seoul, spent time in America during her youth, and... Her first film was uh, what I uh, hinted towards in the opening, Lee Chang-dong's Burning, the amazing 2018 slow-burn suspense thriller that I thought was just fantastic and features uh, Jong-soo opposite Yoo Ah-in, uh, is a well-established and uh, rightly revered actor in South Korea. Jun jong So, I feel actually steals the limelight from You Are In several times throughout this movie, particularly in the first half of the film. And the amazing thing is, it wasn't just her first film, it was her first audition. Um, She pretty much rocked up to the auditions for Burning and nailed the part. Not only that delivered a performance that uh, many people, viewers, critics, and obviously casting directors... Um, film directors took notice of. Some of the notable scenes included uh, a barbecue where she does some kind of um, mime routine and talks to Yua In's character uh, about some of her you know, internal life and uh, hopes and dreams. And then later on um, at the farmhouse, the quite famous scene that appears on some of the posters for Burning, where uh, Stephen Yun. Is also present and uh, yeah just uh, alongside uh, two very established and uh, very well-known actors uh, really astonishing way to break out and um, total highlight of the film a couple of years later she appears in The Call in another uh, somewhat unexpected uh, character this time as an antagonist and this was the film that she won Best Actress for at the 57th Peksang Arts Awards. Um, she was Oh Young-suk, uh, who is at first a, a friend to the main character and eventually a threat. And again, had a few scenes in that where you just you kind of forget about everything else in the film because you're just watching this actor at work after... Um, she manages to get rid of her mother, who has been abusing her. Um, she goes out and uh, starts kind of buying some nice clothes and eating fried chicken, and just doing normal things but that she hasn't been able to do because she's had this abusive, very oppressive mother. But a uh, great scene that's set to this really cool music, and uh, just gives her a chance to kind of uh, vamp and show off a bit, and uh, a really cool moment which sets you up for this descent into basically bloodthirst uh, throughout the rest of the movie from Jong uh, from soos character. And uh, some of the most tense moments are when she's hanging on the telephone, waiting for a call um, call from the future. It, it, this is the, the aforementioned film about a time telephone. It's very, very entertaining and a great thriller. I have uh, given it a review on the podcast before. And uh, it's on Netflix, so easy to see. And uh, yeah, not often that you watch uh, a horror movie or a thriller, um, or, or at least for me, and think, wow, the, the antagonist in that was just the absolute you know, best thing about it. You know, once, once you get away from the classic 80s um, movies and, uh, and, and B-movies, it doesn't happen that often, I don't think, but uh, she was really terrific. So, based on seeing those two films alone, I already felt that this was one of those, the most promising and idiosyncratic actors I had seen in a long time. Uh, clearly, uh, some people feel the same way because twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, these amazing performances and and all this work that this actor has been doing start bearing fruits. Um, Jun Jong-seo is cast in Netflix's Money Heist career. Now, if you're not familiar with Money Heist, it's actually a very popular, uh, critically acclaimed Spanish um, crime saga show that ran across, I think, five seasons. I've not watched the whole of the Spanish version. Um, known for uh, these kind of anonymized thieves who break into the mint and uh, it kicks off a very tense kind of um, hostage situation and negotiation with the with the cops and eventually the government agencies on the outside and the intelligence agencies. Because obviously K-drama is huge right now, and uh, Netflix is looking to put out more and more Korean content, they cleverly decided to redo Money Heist, uh, but with a Korean cast and setting. And when this was being put together, uh, the creative team took it a little bit further and set it in a near future where there is a joint economic area, not a joint security area anymore between the North and South Koreas, but a joint economic area where the two Koreas are beginning to have some kind of economic collaboration. It's a really fascinating idea that arguably the show does not have uh, or has not yet had a lot of time to go into the full kind of um, ramifications of, Um but what it sets up is that in the show um when the uh, robbers bust into the mint same as they do in the spanish version it's actually a uh, a joint korean mint and it's actually a symbol of north and south korean economic um inter uh, in interaction um so it's quite fascinating and they they found a good way to keep it fresh there and it then puts to the test how the North and South intelligence agencies can work alongside each other and um, kind of brings out some of their differing approaches. I did a couple of episodes on Money Heist Career Part 1 back in June and July of this year when that was coming out, a first impressions and a full spoiler cast on each of the first six episodes. The second batch of six episodes is dropping. Uh, as uh, this episode goes live, and uh, those promise to have more of a role for jong character, which is Tokyo. Um, all of the robbers take the names of famous cities, Tokyo, Berlin, um, than in the first season. Because I felt that one of the only aspects in which it disapp- disappointed was that Jong-Soo's um, uh, character maybe had a bit of a backseat compared to, for example, Park hei character, Berlin. Um, It felt like it was a bit more his story. So I think uh, she gets the limelight more this time. Uh, Stay tuned because I'll hope to review uh, the latest episodes as well. But this uh, obviously puts this actor in front of a lot of people in an already established, very popular franchise of shows that Netflix seems keen to build into something of an interconnected universe because uh, apparently this takes place in the same world as as the Spanish one. Um, At the same time, uh, she has been uh, collecting quite a lot of wins this year with other dramas and films, The first of which I want to talk about is called Bargain. Now, Bargain is kind of a disaster thriller drama, and it's actually based on a short film uh, that was filmed in one take. The short film was also called Bargain, and it was directed by the same director as The Call. And it's basically about a man and a young schoolgirl who meet in a motel room. Seems like uh, quite a sleazy uh, setup that you have. The short film was famously done in one take. And the first episode of Bargain, the drama, uh, takes this uh, notion quite a bit further. And so it plays out, uh, to begin with, it plays out the same, but it turns into, like I say, more of a disaster thriller. And you get six lots of uh, of 30-minute episodes, each one filmed in one take which I imagine got more and more difficult to do because things get uh, pretty crazy later on. So you see that uh, the uh, schoolgirl, which is now played by Chun jong uh, she or she's disguised as a schoolgirl, is in the room with this uh, bloke. He's a copper and he's trying to bargain with her and uh, basically get a, a, a ransom for her. And she kind of leads him along and eventually he's pulled into the bathroom and tied up. And it turns out that this entire thing uh, is basically a front that lures in perverts and they then get um, captured and have their organs sold. Some people might say uh, that they kind of had it coming and (laughs) really this criminal organization running this massive hotel. Where these things are going on, and where they then have an auction, by the way, with the um the, the these blokes uh, tied up, listening to their organs be um bartered away, that you know maybe they um uh, they somewhat deserve it. I suppose I'll um just leave my leave my personal opinions aside, but I'm just putting it out there. You might say it's actually satisfying to see this bloke get captured. But then what happens is there is a huge landslide, the hotel. Uh, is hit by all of this rock and earth, and the whole place is uh, kind of keeled over, partially destroyed, uh, filled with earth and dust and and rubble, and uh, some people fall down into the lower floors, um, other people not so much. And uh, you get this kind of huge hole through the middle of the, uh, of the hotel. And in fact, into episode two, it started turning into kind of a live action Fall Guys with people being repeatedly booted uh, down the hole in the middle of the hotel. Um, and as the drama then wears on, I won't go into uh, any more what, um, what the events of the show are. But as it goes on, I think they use the hotel setting really well. Um, It obviously departs quite a bit um, from the original short, um, but much like another recent drama, uh, I I saw Tokyo Vampire Hotel. This uses one that kind of that's one big building that you can use that has lots of different floors and rooms of various sizes, various functions that often have secrets and uh, kind of have... You know, in a a show like this, um, where the hotel is falling apart, new problems, threats um, around each corner and on each floor. Uh, Different people are banding together in different groups trying to survive and they end up clashing with one another. Uh, It's really well done. And also just the the kind of technical um, spectacle that this is being done with these long takes with the camera kind of chasing people down corridors and even down, you know, between floors and things like that. I don't know how much trickery is being done, I I don't have the requisite knowledge um, to pick up when I'm, I'm being fooled by these kind of things, whether it's 1917 or, or a show like this, but um, yeah, very, very good. John uh, Jong-so Jung once again here is playing a disaffected person with a, a traumatic past, a bit like in Money Housed Korea, uh, where, by the way, she plays a a North Korean girl who has uh, tried to come down to the South and, and ended up working in the JEA. Um, and at part, she's kind of acting on top of acting as she leads people along. And her deception of the um, the, the pervert bloke at the beginning um, sort of foreshadows you know, a little bit that at times within the show she'll be uh, stringing people along or leading them to believe something that isn't true for her own ends and um, it's quite layered and I think very good she's um, despite everything else that's going on one of the best reasons to watch this show it also has a bonkers ending that um, I didn't quite see coming Um, maybe I should have but uh, still wasn't quite ready for it like I say You've got six episodes, they're each about 30 minutes or, or just over, and it's been on Tving in South Korea. It's going to be coming to Paramount Plus in the US early 2023, and hopefully that will um, be echoed by some kind of um, local deals with wherever Paramount Plus kind of syndicates or, or sells its content to in other markets, and, and this will be a bit more accessible. Um, but yes, uh, very good when and if you can see it. Next, I wanted to talk about Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. This is a movie by director Anna-Lily Amepo. And if you are not familiar with her, she directed the excellent uh, black and white uh, Persian language vampire film, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I felt was a little bit of an instant classic, that one. It's really gorgeously made um, a black and white film with uh, these really fantastic musical choices um, about uh, a vampire girl who wanders about in a, in a hijab and um, basically picks off abusive men and uh, hangs out with her himbo boyfriend. It's lovely. It's really fun. It's a great movie. And uh, she, uh, Anna Lilia Mipor, also popped up on Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities series um, that came out this year she had an episode on that all about a, a skin treatment that's a little bit more sinister than it at first appears that was a good um, b-movie type episode that she did there she's got another movie called the bad batch um, with uh, the excellent jason momoa as well as appearances by the likes of keanu reeves um, that i'm really keen to see uh, but is just not available to me anywhere right now. But suffice to say, anything involving Anna Lilia Mipo, I'm happy to watch. Anything involving Jun so likewise. So those two coming together uh, was pretty exciting. This movie showed, uh, I think, at maybe a festival or two in 2021, I'm not sure. And it eventually kind of got... Um, shoved onto streaming uh, this year in, in 2022 and I felt that that was a bit of a shame because one of the the trademarks of Poor is her amazing visuals and some of the spectacle and brilliant soundtrack choices that she has like, like I mentioned and just seemed like this would be a good movie to see in the cinema especially after I'd seen the trailer and I was hoping that maybe it'd get uh, a little cinema run here in Singapore. No such luck and this is pretty much just a, a director streaming movie at this point. Um, still very much worth seeing and uh, really interesting, really cool. This time jung character, Mona Lisa, is being held in some kind of experiment facility at the beginning. She has specialised on a couple of occasions at this point, playing some quite haunted individuals, from her characters in Bargain and Money Heist, a little bit in Burning, uh, and definitely in The Call. And I think often she's being chosen for these roles because she's shown such elasticity in, in the range of what she can portray. And that she can go so easily between different uh, emotions and and be very, very convincing. And likewise here, where she's acting in English, by the way, not Korean. Um, She is, uh, again, supposed to be North Korean. And this movie is basically like, if you imagine Stranger Things, if Eleven escaped and went on a rampage just looking for snacks and making people poke themselves in the eye or pull out their own um, arm and and things like this she has a superpower that basically she can just cause people to do whatever she wants them to do um, so she looks at them and they they can't resist they have to just follow her uh, follow her command she goes on to use these superpowers to help uh, strippers get decent tips she gets together with um, with her new friend which is Kate Hudson playing a stripper called Bonnie and uh, overall it's a weirdly quite sweet film that starts off with a bit of body horror and then turns into this kind of hangout movie which i think um like i said i haven't seen all of her stuff but seems to be a bit of a hallmark of anna lilia she likes to kind of show these slightly weird or slightly uh, just cool stylized situations where people are hanging out um, clashing these personalities together and uh, you get some good characters here as well. There's this uh, stoner guy um, who is played by Ed Skrein. He's the most annoying man in the world. And uh, to be honest, I thought I was just going to hate him. But uh, he turns out to be also the nicest man in the world, which is a nice little redemption arc, actually. Um, uh, I, you don't often get to see those those kind of dudes have a really good character arc in these films. He turns out to be one of the only people who will just kind of um, mostly selflessly help um uh, help these guys as they inevitably get into trouble and and have to go on the run but the best part of this film is the dynamic between uh, Mona Lisa and Bonnie's kid um, who's feeling very kind of ignored unloved frustrated um with a uh, you know a mother who's often distant um, and when she's around him is uh quite aggressive or just tells him to Shut up and deal with things, and not not to be, uh, not to be so clingy and etc. 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 And he's um he's a frustrated kid who wants someone to kind of um, uh, to relate to, and he just goes to his bedroom and and jumps around and listens to heavy metal, and uh, Mona Lisa goes up there and uh, and joins in, and uh, yeah, they become these little buddies and eventually uh, go on a little adventure together and. Yeah, I I thought that there was a lot of parts about this movie that are quite sweet and um, I also thought that um, Kate Hudson is worth a shout out for this really engaging performance. She's very confident, very brash um, but is ultimately quite a vulnerable and quite sad character. So I thought she did a great job there. Um, The music is fantastic. Uh, Lots of really really thumping dance tracks on this one. Um, Brilliant visuals, and overall, I sort of watched it and was like, mm, okay, that's that's decent, but it improved on consideration when I thought about it later on. I was like, actually, that, that was a really nice movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, worth a watch. Can't go wrong. A couple, um, couple of beers or, or whatever you like and um, sit down with this film. I think you'd enjoy it. And lastly, Nothing Serious. Um, this is a rom-com from this year. I consider it a this year release because that's when it kind of released on on streaming here in singapore it's on prime video um but uh, some places had it uh, last year this is chun so and sunsukku uh sunsukku you might have seen recently in uh, the roundup which is the sequel to the outlaws and um he's uh He's just as good in this as he's in that, but playing a very different character. So I wanted to watch this since uh, seeing the trailer because it looked funny. And I don't really watch many romances. Or I should say, I don't watch enough romances. Because actually, I, I do really like them and I always enjoy them when I see them. There's a really good video by Accented Cinema a YouTube channel, which I mention a lot on this podcast. And for good reason, because it's brilliant. Um, that's uh, Accented Cinema you can find that on YouTube you can also go to Patreon and uh, support that guy because he does uh, really really wonderful videos and he did one about romances and rom-coms and, and said that actually they're kind of undervalued in cinema and, uh, and as films because what they can provide is a really good glimpse into everyday life and what people's lives are like what cultures are like what cities are like um, in different places around the world one of the best ways to get a little glimpse of say Hong Kong um, would be to watch a, a romance movie from there you know speaking of which some of the best movies of all time are the works of Wong Kar Wai with Days of Being Wild and Happy Together and In the Mood for Love and things like that so um, yeah I'm always happy to actually make time for one of these when I'm not busy watching thrillers and gangsters and and zombies and all the rest of it. So Jin Jong-so in this is, uh, I would say, you know, despite everything I've just said, she's she's working far harder than she really has to for the material. It's quite simple, Um, but I think that she finds a lot of opportunities to be very funny um, and very relatable. Uh, she plays a, a kind of beer and sex loving 30 something um, who's sort of uh, falling into and, and out of uh, relationships from the look of it and spends her time getting smashed with her mates and, you know, lives the kind of life that a lot of people do. Um, meanwhile, uh, Sonsoku plays a writer for a sensationalist mag- magazine, sensationalist, I should trying to pronounce that word and uh, the editor wants him to basically start writing some raunchy love columns so these two end up meeting each other and through a a series of uh, intimate encounters um, begin to have a bit of a relationship and uh, feel that um, they're kind of finding you know a bit of a connection that maybe they weren't having before with people except that son Koo's character is writing everything down and turning it into a column in this magazine that hundreds and thousands of people are reading online and commenting about and subscribing to and um, basically he's he's turning a relationship into content which is um which is quite gross uh, to be honest so I thought that All of the bits of this movie that sort of examine anxious millennials aging into their 30s via all these beats of like sex and soju and swearing are really well observed and very funny. And you you get lots of wonderful scenes of of these two sat in bars uh, just having quite funny, ribald conversations. But it doesn't stick the landing. And and that's because basically this guy is, is doxing and humiliating a woman that he has that he has met and begun a relationship with somebody who is of a similar age and thinking you know actually i'd quite like to settle down or find someone who means a bit more to me um and then he does that to her and they never really get back background to wrapping that up or giving it a, a resolution that i found satisfying um so yeah i think i i would rather they just kind of ignored that storyline altogether or or taken it out and focused on it it just being a kind of a you know again a a bit of a hang that this movie just spend time with these um two uh you know 30 something millennials who are going a bit weird and (laughs) looking for a bit of um meaning in in their life because that's something a lot of people can really relate to right now um and think uh you know what, what is it they want to do with their life and um find themselves through a story like this so feels like a bit of a wasted opportunity as well. But you will get some, uh, some great moments with two actors that you might normally see in a lot of action stuff um, or thrillers and, and movies like that. And it's actually nice to just take a, take a beat and um, watch them in a more relaxed environment. So I can't, I can't not recommend it. So I did ask for feedback before recording this episode um, for people to write in some of their favourite movies and dramas uh, by Jun Jung so. and uh, on Twitter, City Baker, who's at City Baker 88, um, says uh, she's spectacular. When I saw her on Burning, hard to believe she was a total ingenue then. Haven't seen her other work yet. Robin Alpha says, A huge Jun Jung so fan here. The burning was great, but she blew me away in The Call. Uh, I think she was good in Mona Lisa, but I think the movie wasn't the best. Lost me in the second half. Um, can't wait to see the second half of Money Heist. I don't have much trivia. Uh, she is in a relationship with The Call director, Lee Chung-hyun. They made a new movie together, which will also be released on Netflix called Ballerina and uh, she won four awards for best actress one for burning and three for the call uh, as always uh, robin has a lot of really good uh, information and trivia so thank you for uh, always writing in with so much detail and uh, because it means that it makes these episodes <laughs> a lot more detailed as well and um, that is good to see that this new movie ballerina will be on netflix because That just makes it easier for everyone to see it um, rather than it being on some streaming service, which is available in America and nowhere else or in, you know, three random countries. Thank you, everyone, for writing in, getting in touch. I uh, hope that you've enjoyed this episode and uh, please do feel free to um, send in feedback about the episodes and what you think. Would you like more specials like this? Um, Do you want to hear... Episodes that are more just about one or two movies or just about a drama. I have to say, I've quite enjoyed having a focus on the actors because I feel that uh, there's so many amazing acting talents to find in South Korean content that um, you can find yourself watching all sorts of things. Just on this episode, there's a um, there's a heist thriller, um, a disaster drama, there's a rom com. Um, and uh, obviously there's there's all the other things that John so has been involved in as well so it can be quite fun um, But do let me know write to Drama pod k d r a m a p o d at gmail.com uh, or uh, come to twitter at k botak pod that's k b o t a k p o d uh, on twitter uh, which for the moment is still working and uh, join the kbotak community and and chat to us about movies and dramas that's basically what we like to do mostly korean you'll be surprised to know in the meantime thank you very much for listening and see you next time cheers